It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's July 24th, and this is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, whether you use us as your ride to work, maybe just to get through your work day, or your overnight party podcast i'll go with that hey if if that's how you want to get down we're all good here on lot and i really want to thank you if you are listening and you are working outside if you are doing landscaping if you're building roads if you're building bridges whatever houses construction anything thank you because i do like to let people into what's going on here in the state of oklahoma And it came to my attention that I hadn't been doing that as much in the last couple of podcasts, but we had a few days of well into the triple digits, and the weather weather was just absolutely miserable and oppressive. So wherever you are, I hope it's nice and cool, and if it's not, I hope you are inside enjoying an ice-cold beer and sitting in an air conditioner, because that's exactly what we all ought to be doing during these hot summer months. So with that said, coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast, we're going to revisit what Ennis Canner said on, well, it wasn't first take, well, Undisputed, that's right, Undisputed, the Fox show with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless about Kevin Durant and when Kevin Durant left, how we left. And I'm going to tie this into what Jimmy Garoppolo said about Tom Brady and being better than Tom Brady. And when did Russ finally come to terms with himself that he was better than Kevin Durant? Because every athlete does it. Every person that's in a performance-based business, you do it. You come to the conclusion that you're better than somebody that you're behind. So what was that point for Russell Westbrook? Also, Kevin Love getting $120 million from the Cavs. I think that's great for him. I've listened to the pundits talk about why the Cavs are doing this, but there is something about it that bothers me more from Kevin Love's standpoint than the Cavs' standpoint, and we'll jump into that in segment number one. In segment number two, we'll have a little fun at the Dallas Mavericks' expense. We'll uh, throw some shade at them while congratulating Dirk Nowitzki on re-upping for his 21st year with the Dallas Mavericks. Then we'll close things out talking about what Carmelo Anthony's next stop will be after the Houston Rockets and why he will pay close attention to what Dwayne Wade is doing. It's all right here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Eric G. I did radio in Oklahoma City for a while, and I may be doing radio in Oklahoma City again. I've been hosting the Locked on Thunder podcast now for a few months. I also contribute to another publication called Thunder Digest, Chuck Cheney, You Demand. And hopefully I'll be contributing more to the Locked on Podcast Network in the near future. If you like what you hear, please go to LockedOnThunder.com for all our podcasts as well as video archives. 
from players, coaches, and people in the front office. We even have audio archives from players, coaches, and people in the front office. Segment number one. So Ennis Canner spoke yesterday on the show Undisputed on Fox, and he talked about Kevin Durant and when Kevin Durant decided to part Oklahoma City, how he handled things. And Ennis was smart enough to reach out to KD, but KD not so much to everyone else. In fact, you know what? I'm talking too much. Ennis, why don't you just tell the story? So give us some insight into Oklahoma City because you played there, you saw it. How do you explain the breakup between Durant and Westbrook? Were you, were you surprised at all? Uh, the Durant living? Yeah. Well, for, let me say this. People, a lot of people don't know because I'm so hard on the Durant. I actually texted him after he made his decision. I said, hey, mm. good luck, man. You know, just it's, it's, in the did end, it's business. Back? you got to understand. He did text back. That's good. Uh, and then uh, after that, I learned that he did not even text one person. Wow. That really hurt us, hurt me and hurt us because we were like brothers. You know, mm-hmm. we lost their series 3-1 mm-hmm. to 4-4-3. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know what? My thing was like, hey, come back again, try to do it next year. And then uh, when he, I was, everybody was shocked when he signed with, you know, Golden State. It's like, they just won 73 games. They don't need no help, you know? So was it the shock of him signing with Golden State or the shock of him just leaving in general? Signing with Golden State. Huh. So if he'd have left and so, went anywhere else, you'd have been cool. I'd be like, well, I mean, I would not be cool, right? But I would be like, okay, I, I yeah. get it. But like, man, I was a Golden State. We just lost them. They just break a record, whatever. <laughs> like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. They were like brothers. You cannot do that to your brothers. And then like hurt everybody. And then I remember his first game back to OKC was the ugliest game ever. Mm-hmm. He dropped forty on. Ooh. Mm. He said he got new brothers. Yeah, new brothers indeed that have helped Kevin Durant win a couple of championships. And when I hear that. And and I listened to it for I guess this is probably about the third or fourth time that I've I've heard this audio from Ennis Canner. It tells me that Kevin Durant somewhere along the lines got his feelings hurt here in Oklahoma City, and we don't explore that too much as Thunder fans because we're just mad at Kevin Durant for being a traitor or a snake or a backstabber or whatever other ways we want to describe him we only see from our perspective and the thunder perspective that kevin durant decided to go play for a team that the thunder could have beaten had he stayed and won a championship possibly and kevin durant is robbing us of that that that's how we're we're looking at it now but if you are not going to text the people that you were teammates with guys that you knew for eight years Longer than that, I guess, what was it, nine years, if you count his time as a member of the Seattle Supersonics. But somewhere along the lines, your relationship became fractured and you became emotionally injured. And that's why you parted the way that you did. It's not that just you parted because you were out looking for greener pastures. You parted for reasons that say, okay... You've you've hurt my feelings, and this is no longer worth sticking around. And as wimpy as that may sound to a lot of people, there had to come a point in Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook's relationship where Russell Westbrook made it known to Kevin Durant that Russ was the alpha dog, and Russ felt he was better than Kevin Durant. And there were people in the organization that somehow had to let Kevin Durant know either consciously or subconsciously, 
that they thought Russ was better and were more willing to follow Russ or more willing to build around Russ than they were KD. The reason I say all this, and, and, and if you want to look at organizations that are successful, even the most successful organizations experience drama. Even the ones that we put on a pedestal experience drama. The New England Patriots, great example of that. We've seen everything that they've gone through this offseason. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick apparently not getting along. There was the drama of Tom Brady wanting Jimmy Garoppolo out of New England so he could play until he was 45. And then today we see the quotes from Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'll paraphrase, that there came a time where Garoppolo thought he was better than Tom Brady. And as a competitor, you better think that, especially when you're playing backup to someone. Because the organization doesn't want you there if you don't think you can play. Because at worst, what they want is you to constantly push the guy in front of you. And they would have friendly competitions, throwing footballs into trash cans in the back of the end zone. And the guy that would win would not talk to the guy that would lose. But Jimmy G felt he was pretty damn good. And I'm sure he let people in the organization know it. And I'm sure that even if it wasn't by words, it was by actions that he let Tom Brady and Bill Belichick know that he was better than Tom Brady. And I'll tell you right now, straight up, I think Belichick thought Jimmy Garoppolo was better than Brady or going to be as good as or going to be better than Tom Brady. And that's why Garoppolo is now in San Francisco. And Tom Brady, by all accounts went over Belichick's head, and went straight to Robert Kraft to have that move made. And I believe that Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant's relationship was very similar to what we are seeing from Brady and Garoppolo. And there came a time where it was going to be one or the other. These two could not exist together. And I'm more convinced when I hear stuff like this that Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook couldn't have existed together no matter what James Harden says, and that the three of them together were never going to be able to accomplish what they are now broken up, at least from an individual standpoint. But I don't have a problem with Russell Westbrook thinking he was better than Kevin Durant, even if he wasn't, because you need to. And when did that point come? I would think that it probably came within... where I Actually, where I think if you want to point to a moment... Where it came was game four of the NBA Finals in 2012 when Russell Westbrook put the Oklahoma City Thunder on his back and received great praise from everyone on ESPN and anybody who covered and watched the NBA as the guy with all the heart, the guy that Oklahoma City fed off of. I believe it was that time that if Russell Westbrook had these thoughts, it cemented them. If he had not thought that before, this started him down the path of thinking it, and it resulted in, well, Kevin Durant leaving when he had the opportunity. And honestly, I would rather it much play out that way. Kevin Durant leaves and goes to Golden State versus Kevin Durant goes over Scott Brooks' head and has Russell Westbrook shipped off someplace else, or Russ has Kevin shipped off someplace else. Speaking of a Kevin... Another Kevin has had a very good day, and that is Kevin Love. He gets $120 million from 
the Cleveland Cavaliers. And anytime you get $120 million on a contract, that's a good thing. The problem that I have with Kevin Love is that this is the second time he hasn't bet on himself. This is the second time that he has taken less money for the sure thing. Now, on one hand, I can understand it. Bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, as Ozzy Osbourne told us at the end of No More Tears. I get that. And I also understand that if you're Kevin Love and you've gone through a lot of injury issues, you want to get that money in hand. What I don't like about this is for a guy who is now the man in Cleveland, and if it is true that Cleveland and wants to develop some sort of Colin Sexton, Kevin Love kind of duo, I want to show you the man, well then bet on yourself. Put that money aside and risk making more. Now granted, it could really blow up in your face. And if you're Kevin Love, there's a very good chance you're going to get hurt and you're not going to have the same kind of offer on the table this time next year because there are going to be questions about you having too much China doll on you. That's all fine and well, but I still want a guy that bets on himself. And that's the thing that if you're asking anything that Kevin Love lacks in way of mental breakup or mental makeup to me, it's just that I want to bet on myself. I completely, totally believe in myself. He doesn't have that thing that a Kevin Durant has, that a Russell Westbrook has, that even a Paul George has where you can get the job done. I think Kevin Love has relied a lot on other people to help him out throughout his career, and for whatever reason, it's prevented him from possibly being a much better player than what he is at current moment. This, or currently. Yeah, there we go. Currently. Yeah, that sounds a whole lot better. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast coming to you from an undisclosed location 12 stories up, someplace in Oklahoma City. And maybe someday we'll actually reveal that location to you. But not today. Not today. You just have to guess where it is in OKC. And if you can guess, great. Um, don't let me know. <laughs> don't let me know at G-E-E-H-S-O. But if you do, kind of keep that to yourself. And uh, hey, walk around. Tell your friends at the bar, you know where I'm doing this podcast from. That way you'll have a pretty cool piece of information that uh, not a lot of other folks will have. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast, and coming up next, why the Dallas Mavericks just flat out suck. Mark Cuban, you are in this. It's coming to you next. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
For everything Thunder-related, remember to go to LockedOnThunder.com. And for everything sports-related, remember to go to LockedOnSports.com. We have podcasts for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And coming soon... Well, I can't tell you that exactly. But I'm hoping to be a part of it. Big time hoping to be a part of it. It's the Locked On Sports Podcast Network or the Locked On Podcast Network at LockedOnSports.com and Locked On Thunder at LockedOnThunder.com. The Dallas Mavericks suck. That organization just flat out sucks the big one. And I don't say this just to be a complete hater. One, okay, let's let's give some some congratulations to Dirk Nowitzki, who signed a one year deal to stay for the Dallas to stay with the Dallas Mavericks for his twenty first year. Great, Dirk, and I, I love you. You're a Hall of Famer. I've got nothing but the most utmost respect for you. But you are unquestionably the greatest Dallas Mavericks of all time. But unfortunately for you. That's not saying a whole hell of a lot. Because the Mavericks, who have been around for over 30 years, have one championship to show for all their struggle, all the pain, and all the heartbreak that they have caused their fan. One. One championship in that amount of time. And if you are the greatest Dallas Maverick, and it's not that the Mavericks have necessarily had duds roll through that organization. We're talking about an organization that had the likes of Jason Kidd and Jimmy Jackson and Jamal Mashburn. Yeah, remember the three J's? Mavericks screwed that up. Mavericks had Mark Aguirre, dumb enough to trade him to Detroit and get Adrian Dantley in return. The Dallas Mavericks had Steve Nash let him go back to Phoenix to finish out his career, or close. I guess he finished it out in Los Angeles. But I say all that because it still pisses me off that Mark Cuban ever said that Russell Westbrook wasn't a superstar. It still pisses me off that Mark Cuban wasn't thrilled to see the Seattle Sonics move from Seattle here to Oklahoma City. And I'm here to tell you that in the 30-plus years that the Dallas Mavericks have been around, they haven't accomplished near as much or accomplished as near as much as the Oklahoma City Thunder have. The Thunder, I will say, even though the Thunder don't have a ring, and have only been to the finals half as much as the Mavericks, are still doing a much better job as an organization than we've seen the Mavs do at any point in their history. Any point. And when I think about what the Dallas Mavericks could be, or what they have been in the past, it meets with a dud. Just like, okay, Mavericks. I mean, it's so bad that when there was no Oklahoma City Thunder, you couldn't throw a rock and hit a Dallas Maverick fan here in OKC. Now, you can find tons of Cowboy fans. You can find Texas Ranger fans. Can't find Mavericks fans. And God bless Dirk. He is revered as he is as revered an athlete in DFW as ever has been. That includes Roger Staubach, Bob Lilly, all the great Dallas Cowboys, Pudge Rodriguez, Mike Madano. Like, think about any great Dallas athlete. Dirk is up there, if not ahead of them, depending on who you're talking about. But that's that's like the one thing that Dallas kind of has to show for this organization. 
And it ticks me off when I think about Mark Cuban saying everything that he has about Oklahoma City, everything that he has about Russell Westbrook. And it's like, dude, look in the mirror. Before you start going and pointing your finger at the thunder, look at your own organization. And look at the fact that no matter what move Sam Presti has made, even if that move hasn't worked out, for the 10 years going on 11 now that Oklahoma City and the Thunder have been together, every year's been in the playoffs except two, the inaugural year and the year that Kevin Durant hurt his foot. Other than that, they've been in the playoffs. They've been a dangerous team. And that shows no signs of stopping. None. I mean, think about it. You won a championship, fell off the map, and the Thunder have just continued to be there. Even if it's not exactly championship capacity or championship caliber, they are there making a run. And if you're asking me, do I hate the Dallas Mavericks? Nah, not really. I mean, as a Thunder fan, I hate the Golden State Warriors. I I think there is somewhat of a rivalry between the Mavs and the Thunder, but it's mainly because of Mark Cuban, not necessarily because of anything that the Mavericks have done, even if the Mavericks knocked the Thunder out of the playoffs on their run to winning a championship. But ultimately, I just wanted to point out that if you get a starting five of what the Thunder have and what the Mavericks have, and I tried to put together a starting five for Dallas today, it wasn't good, I'd still take what the Thunder have. Even without the championship, what the Thunder have done is much more impressive than anything the Mavericks have done. So Mark Cuban, congratulations on getting Dirk for his 21st year. You owe that guy a lot, but yeah, I it's just... I don't know. I feel like I even just wasted my breath doing this segment. This is the Locked Up Thunder podcast, where I think we will see Carmelo Anthony finish his career coming up next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Carmelo Anthony's going to pay really close attention to what Dwayne Wade does here in the next few days because Dwayne Wade has been offered a three-year deal by a team in the Chinese Basketball Association, or maybe it's just the association period offering him this money, three years, $25 million, to go play in China. Stefan Marbury's made a career there. Jimmer Ferdet's made a career there. But what China is going to become is what Japan became for Major League Baseball players. And in a sense, it already is, where if you're good but not quite good, You can go to China, you can get paid really well. It's probably the best of all the overseas leagues, or at least that's what I'm told. But I do think there's going to come a time where you will see Carmelo Anthony not only go to China because he's appreciated, but I can see Kevin Durant going to China, Steph Curry, any of those guys from Golden State. I can't see LeBron doing it because of the wear and tear on his body. I don't know if I necessarily see Russ doing it because I think when Russ breaks down... He's going to break down so dramatically that it's going to be very hard to watch. But ultimately, China is going to be this haven, if not already, 
for guys who have that game like Carmelo Anthony, where maybe you don't play a lot of defense, but you're pretty much a shooter or scorer or whatever you fancy yourself, Paul George, you figure you've got three, four more years left in your body. You want to go play basketball versus get a job in broadcasting or maybe just go on into retirement. So you're going to go there and you're going to get all that out of your system before you finally come back over to the States and live in greener pastures, I guess. Say that with a question mark. Ron Burgundy style there. But that's that's sort of what I see the, the future being. China's the future of that guy who just has who has just enough to be competitive, but not enough to stick around the association. And, and don't be surprised if in the next few years you see more big names hid for China towards the end of their career. Or when the NBA is done with them, they go to China because China's not exactly done with them. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow from our undisclosed location, 12 stories up somewhere in Oklahoma City. And until tomorrow, ELE, everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.